I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. This interview with Valeria Astroval was a reigniting for me of sitting with the simple truth that everything mirrors us, right? That our relationship with ourself impacts every relationship that we have. And I think understanding that mystery is, it's simple, but there is a complexity to it, I suppose, because there's parts of ourselves that we can't see, right? Like we have a shadow or we have these parts um, and then it, it ends up kind of influencing, like we see it in the other, like we see things in life and, you know, or it's also that we live in a, reality that is full of other people and other systems and other karmas and things in place that um, aren't necessarily us at the deepest most blown out level of like all is one then yeah it's us but um, in our human you know current life context there's a lot that is other right but in thinking about this you know everything is mirroring us Um, I was really touched again by this. I, you know, just a little check-in of where I'm at. Um, Some of you may know that I was in, I was living in Peru. I was living with a partner and that relationship um, ended a little bit ago and I'm not dating. I'm taking a a little break. Um, I've been working with um, inside of this program Labyrinth of Love by Perry Chase and it involves doing a retrospective chronology um, of all your crushes, hookups, and relationships from that you've ever had up until today, answering some questions about them. And I completed it. I went through my chronology, and I got to see a lot of my patterns and how I have shown up in relationship. And I'm at this moment, you know, post-Saturn return, I have Saturn in Aquarius. Now um, Saturn in Pisces is in my whole sign first and approaching all of my personal planets, um, sitting right on top of my Mars right now and approaching the rest of my personal planets and um, excluding the sun and moon. I mean Mercury, Mars, and Venus. But I'm really in this phase of, of rediscovering who I am. I feel like I entered my Saturn return with a really full sense of self and a lot of accomplishment, a lot of external accomplishment and an internal sense of feeling accomplished and like really solid in my identity. And my Saturn return leveled a lot of that. 
and I'm kind of back in this discovery space. And so when it comes to relationship and what I want to create, I know that I want life partnership. And I think it's getting clearer about the kind of woman that I want to be in my life and inside of partnership and what exactly it is that I'm calling in. And I think that part of what was confronting about looking at my relationship chronology, you can imagine it was it's a vulnerable assignment for I think everyone. I don't know who wouldn't feel have things come up. But I got to see some of the things that I don't think are necessarily serving me anymore or weren't necessarily effective or were just kind of experimental. Like I didn't know, you know, it was just kind of seeing seeing what works or seeing, you know, learning and learning through new experience and whatnot. And so this episode came at a time for me of like a reminder that, um, you know, the other kind of thing that it evoked for me is remembering that the time leading up to meeting someone, meeting a partner, to me feels like very primal. It feels like mating ritual, you know, it's like um, all different kind of animals have their their mating practices and mating rituals. And I think that the, the tension, the empty space between now and the moment of union with the beloved is so fertile. Um, it has so much inside of it. And I think that it's important to remember that and presence that I feel this, you know, that there's like a kind of, there's a magic, there's something brewing. I really felt this in Val's story in terms of how she was developing herself and how her partner was and the kind of ways that they they met in that kind of mirror image of like they both are looking for a particular thing. They both were, you know, preparing and ready for it and that these things happen, right? Like I, um, one of the things that really catches my attention or gets me excited in love and dating is the sense that there was magic and synchronicity around. I've since learned that that doesn't mean it's going to be a healthy functioning, like long-term forever relationship just because there's magic and synchronicity. But the magic and synchronicity, it's like that sense of being put together by the universe, that there's something cosmic about it. Um, That's something that I love. And I think that inside of that, the part of the dance that I'm refining And this is very Virgo Pisces kind of thing. It's like not all magic is necessarily functional. Things can be magical and totally off. Okay, maybe you follow me. Um, Especially if you're someone that has a lot of access to magic, like myself, right? Like life is magical. I don't feel like I'm stuck in the mundane or something like that. However, just because I had like a psychic dream or like there was some kind of synchronicity doesn't always mean that something is the one true path. So there's a a lot of discernment that comes up. And what I'm feeling into in terms of magic meeting function is just the inner work of becoming increasingly clear what I want, who I am, how I want to live, building that, you know, serving at the altar of that and then allowing the magic to um, to be in participation with that. So I also was really inspired by a meditation that Val shared that she was doing um, of visualizing herself as a anchor. She later corrected me that um, she meant to say pillar. She was looking for the word. But seeing herself as a pillar 
and you know talking to spirit and imagining like there's this other pillar like she's solid like she's looking for this other solid person and and having this talk with the universe about like look how much we could create together and i think that being in that magic imaginal imaginative space in visualization and in prayer um, i love that kind of thing and so i'm just thinking about um the ways that this conversation inspired me to think about the mystery of love, the mystery of the mirror, and about the the process of meeting someone and the kind of behind the scenes magic that's happening there. So we also talked about desire. We talked about all things Venus, really, and this. Um, This was not planned exactly because of the upcoming Venus retrograde, but it is in alignment with it, I feel. And I learned in this episode something that I'd forgotten, which is that Val is a Venus retrograde native. And I think that she had a lot to teach us about the frequency of Venus retrograde in her own embodiment. And Venus um, has now entered Leo. It will retrograde July 22nd. And I'm sitting at the park and I don't have any other dates on hand. So that's just what I'm going to leave you with for now. Um, Other things of note is that Ecstasies, a Dionysian mythopoetic ritual experience, is happening this month, June 21st to 25th in Crete, Greece. And I am inviting you to an epic, life-changing experience. I'm co-hosting this with my dear friend Carla Palomino an embodiment guide who I've been attending her ceremonies for years and I love them. I access this childlike play inside of her ceremonies that has been really profound to touch. Um, But I also access my multidimensionality, my woman, my eros, my erotic life force. And this particular ceremonial experience is inspired and is working around the myths of Dionysus Dionysus's conception, the story of Semele and Zeus, Dionysus's wife Ariadne and her story with the Minotaur. We are exploring these myths intricately to find the wisdom teachings and the places where we can explore them in our body through embodiment journeys, ceremonies, to touch these questions inside of ourselves of peak experience. Right, Dionysus, or Dionysus being a god of revelry, of the party. And we're awakening that within. We're doing it in, you know, often Dionysus relates to altered states such as through drugs or alcohol. This is a substance-free event, but we will be inducing an altered state through being in a ceremonial immersive experience, meaning that we're opening the ceremony and it's going to go for five days. We're not dipping out of it. We're going to be inside of this living storybook. It will change your life. It will open things for you around your relationship to peak experience in the now, ways that you can open to it, uh, ways that you can dissolve layers and stuck parts that keep you from accessing it. Reality will become more liquid, magical, altered inside of this ceremonial space. And the last thing that I want to say about it here
letting that fast car pass, is that peak experience is a religious experience. And I don't mean religious as in denominational of like Christian, Jewish, etc. I mean, it is a way that we meet God. We touch the divine in our own like all immersive total connection to life. I'm offering that we can revere this ceremony that Carla and I are creating is an offering of having reverence and ritual and prayer around this religious experience that is peak experience. Because this fruit of life, right, it's a little bit like the prayers and the ceremonies around the weather and asking for a particular harvest of crops, right? Wanting the rain or yeah, wanting um, the hunt to go well, whatever it is. Peak experience is like asking life for the party, for the fun, for those dynamic, like all-consuming moments of bliss and ecstasy. And it is also the meeting inside of our own bodies of can we receive that? Can we open deeper to receiving it? Can we let go of the places that are actually not a yes to receiving this kind of harvest from life? So in a really similar way that um, the crops or like the hunt or having a successful year in your business or something like that are maybe very pragmatic, practical prayers from life of a particular kind of harvest that you want to have, peak experience is spiritual, it's emotional, it's romantic. And we're creating an amazing, fun, raw, healing, life-changing ceremonial experience where through myth and embodiment journeys, right? So these are guided embodiment journeys. Um, We'll be fed deliciously organic local Greek food by our chef who is amazing. You'll have your own private room in a beautiful villa and we're going to be journeying within and with each other in a state of revelry. We will be connected to the land, to the waters, to the Mediterranean Sea, to the Mediterranean air. It is going to be so amazing. I am so excited. We still have some space. So act quickly because it is approaching. It is June 21st that we begin in Greece. Send me an email, sabrina at monarchastrology.com with your desire and we'll get on a call with you. All my love and I will leave you to this episode with Val now. Hey everyone, I'm here with Astro Val Valeria. And to start out, I would love to hear about you, how you're doing, how you're feeling this current astro weather, the Mars, Pluto, Jupiter, T-square. How's it resonating for you? Um, I will just say too that we go way back. We've been talking for years. um, And then recently I got to hang out with you in Miami when I visited um, and had an amazing time. And that I'm inviting you on today to talk about the Venus codes, um, given that I see that you have them. We um, we had a conversation some years back where you were calling in relationship, and I felt the absolute sincerity and groundedness of you in that moment. 
and then I witness you get into a beautiful relationship and get married. And actually we were going to podcast together. Um, I think it was around a year ago, but you were um, busy with the wedding. So now we're circling back to that and still talking about Venus codes. Um, but yeah, let me turn it over to you so you can introduce yourself and share um, how you're doing. Thank you. So, wow, what a, it's a pleasure to be here. And to answer the first question, how am I feeling the, this moment, you know? I think that talking about the Venus codes, the Taurus season that just passed really felt like a, a new consciousness, new awareness is being downloaded. And thanks to the eclipses happening there, now Jupiter in Taurus, and it really does feel like there's a whole new embodiment of what Taurus feels like and that being a Venus of being the principle of receiving of just kind of like, let me just be myself, let me just be me. And when I'm occupying myself of embodying who I am, and I'm being loyal to my desires, and I'm that that work is the work that I'm doing that is that just feels really good and that is what brings you know attracts more of what I like and so that's what I've been really experiencing right now um and then and then with the Mars Pluto opposition this 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 grand cross that we're feeling it feels like we're stepping out of our shell and being able to kind of like transmute anything that's holding us back from allowing ourselves to say, yeah, these are my deepest desires. This is what I want to embody and leaving away any shyness that that's just kind of like, I don't know if I can do that or what will people say if I do, you know, like all these little things that hold us back. And it's just like, this is it. <laughs> and I find myself going through that over and over again. And um, when I met you, I, I reached out to you, I think it was like in 2017, I had been following you since, I don't know, 2016, maybe, and I had just been reading your, your blogs, and, you know, your work is so inspiring, and I booked a reading with you, and we were talking about, I was, I was so zoned in, and like, so focused on, 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 on a relationship that was fulfilling because I I was I've always been in relationships but none of them really they they weren't what I what my soul knew like okay this is it and then when I talked to you we did this reading and we talked about my deepest desire at the moment was manifesting this this relationship and and so I think that part of these Venus codes is so much about accepting your desire it's like when you know that to be true and, and there's a reason why it, it, it like it doesn't let you you know it's like you dream about it you feel it in your body it's like oh I really want this and allowing yourself to say it's here for a reason it's here because it's meant for me to have this experience so mm. yeah I was smiling so big when you were talking about this like letting like getting out of our shell and like um not worrying about like, if I can do it or not, or what people will think, because I've definitely been feeling that vitalizing, confronting energy of the current transits. Um, and I love that you also 
you know, this backdrop of Taurus season and Jupiter and Taurus now around receptivity. Um, I'm curious, like how you, you would connect receptivity to like the Taurian side of the Venus codes. Like, um, I experience that kind of Taurus medicine as like such a mystery, um, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's always these new layers of being open to receive. Um, yeah. What do you think about Taurus and receptivity? It's for me, it's this concept of, of our value. You know, this is, it's like you have, each individual has their, their innate value. And when you know that, when you live in that vibration, you know, that you being just breathing you just like you and that what you and I are doing right now there's so much value in this moment because I'm sharing myself you're sharing yourself and we're both sharing that medicine that there's so much value in that and all we're really doing is just allowing ourselves to be and to me that's that receptivity where I'm just simply breathing myself in this moment you know and that is that is allowing my spirit to come through allowing who I am my authenticity you know there's a reason for me like when we're working with a sign Taurus it's connected to all of the fixed energies right so there's that energy of Aquarius I'm an Aquarius so there's this like authenticity energy that comes through when you're when you're being in your value which is being receptive to channeling to channeling your higher self your 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 authentic energy and then your ability to express it you know your ability to show it to be open-hearted that's the leo part right that's just like here i am and you're proud of it you're happy to to share because it's like yes this this is a gift to feel this love you know this love that i am it's like it's the it's it's what i'm here for (laughs) and and then, and then comes the Scorpio part. The Scorpio part is you being able to, 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 to connect with that deepest desire, with your deepest desire. You know, I think that that's that emotional connection to our soul's deepest desires. You know, it's like that relationship was important. Relationship's still important, you know? And now it's like evolving to the next layer of relationship. Hey, we're building a family, you know? And it's like, and and with that also comes a lot of, um fears you know that's the energy of scorpio the energy of scorpio brings up a lot of fears because behind every desire there's there's all the fears that then prevent you right it's like all of the 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 past traumas perhaps like either in past lives or in my in my lineage you know in my dna that's the scorpio energy everything that we're holding on in our water in our memory um comes up too you know so as we allow ourselves to to be that desire we're also facing the fears and um i think that that's also very much the work that we have been doing in these last few months specifically uh now with the you know in the last year with the eclipses in scorpio and taurus it has it has been so much about facing those fears and knowing that it's not even about the more that we the more that we allow ourselves to do what we want to do you know versus 
needing to work through, like, say, like, being loyal to your values, being loyal to that desire versus thinking that you have to do all this work to overcome the fear in order for you to get that outcome. You know what I mean? I do. I feel like it's that kind of Taurus Scorpio kind of back and forth where like people can get really like into doing all these like cleanses and ceremonies and like going really hard and like the the working hard of transformation, which um, I think is really important in the whole like fixed cross, like that component of like turning on the heat and facing fears and, and leaning into the alchemy and all the discomfort. But then Taurus has this energy around stabilizing and reception and things like feeling safe and regulated in our body. And even too, I think Taurus can then develop the capacity to feel safe inside of intense situations. And you can even get the addiction to intensity um, along the Mm -hmm. Taurus Scorpio axis. Um, Yeah. So I really resonate with kind of, um, I think that as I get deeper into like my own, like just softening into myself, um, there's a lot more relaxation I feel like that I have access to. And I think that the journey began with all of this energy of like, I'm going to overcome all my problems and like heal completely and like do all this like dramatic stuff. And um, it's just softened. Like I actually still, I feel like I, I'm even softer in leaning into what's true for me to lean into. Um, but it kind of came to a, a head. Like I had this like big mythic kind of summer journey last year. Um, where I had this prayer of like living a bigger life. Like I just felt like really content with my life in a lot of ways, but I like wanted more. Like I traveled internationally and had all of these adventures, but I had this vision um, of like a really important part of me, like a kernel, an essence of who I am that was like locked inside of a castle And that I had this belief system that like, it was going to be hard. There would be like this arduous journey to like, get her out. Um, And I found that that ended up being both true and not true. There were like trap doors and ways to like alchemize it and um, that I was in prayer about it. And that all of these really miraculous things happened to really like open up in profoundly new ways that summer. And that I still was called to like, go on the hero's journey and like take leaps and face my fears and like, you know, meet my fear on plant medicine and stuff like that. So like things really like the drama and the heat was there. And yet the simplicity was also on the other end. And I think that that's not like, that's the thing that it's never going to go away. Like that passion and that drama and like that mystery that calls you to go and seek out more in life and the discomfort that sometimes is created and like, okay, I know I want to experience more. I'm ready for more. And that fear of like, oh my goodness, but what's going to happen? Because I don't know what it's going to be like to have more. And what would that experience be like? And it's that of you actually going to have that experience and not staying in the, but what if, because that's what then it's like, then it's like, you're not, you're not going to find out. You're going to just kind of stay there. And that's what holds you back. And so it's in the movement. It's in the, let's just go. Let's, let's be, let's, let's be about it. Let's do about it. 
And then you find out that it's not even like, you know, yeah, you're going to overcome. There's going to be lessons. But the fact of you actually going to actualize your desire is is the most meaningful part of being alive. And everything else, it's just, it's it's like, it's okay. You know, it's, it's all good. It, it's more painful not to actualize that desire. Right. I think there is something about Venus wanting more. And there is like this side of like the hunger or the desire. Um, and that it's not just like pleasant and receptive. Like there is like a ferocity to the archetype also. Totally. And I think that that's why we're here. You know, it's like, we're here to, to have, to experience, to grow through those experiences. And so we're always going to want more. We're always going to now what, what I think that the, what's important. And I think that what gets us to actually experience more versus always being like, cause you can be dissatisfied with what you have and then always want more because you're never happy with what you already have and I think that that's that's important for us to to work through you know like a lot of the times it's it's that we're so we're not grateful you know we're not we're not paying attention to what is beautiful in the moment and I think that that's also been one of the biggest reminders during Taurus season and with these eclipses it's just like look how beautiful things already are and focus on them because that's what's going to get you through as you move to your next manifestation, your next desire, it's what's beautiful in this moment. So can you share what your journey was like with this kind of relationship evolution where you were um, shifting from the like non-satisfying relationships to the manifestation of, of what you really wanted? Yeah, it, I mean... It was love. It was self-love. I know it sounds very like basic. It's important. <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> it's, it was, uh, first of all, it was me discovering myself, right? So there was a lot of conditioning um, in my growing up about my culture. You know, was, I was born in Colombia. So my family is, has very different way of looking at relationships like our culture and relationships like we're used to men cheating on us like it's it's just part of the culture men have multiple um relationships even though they marry one person but it's just kind of like part of what men like it's okay to do that um so I had to to decondition from that like I had to kind of like recognize and, and realize that's painful I that's not that's not what I want to experience and so um, I had to really learn like what were what were my value system like me not my family not my culture not um, just me you know what was authentic to me and I realized that there was this part of me and this is why this is when I started to get into astrology and why I fell in love with astrology because it really helped me understand myself so much uh, I'm an Aquarius and so there's this part of me that needs that space and so my previous relationship that led me to do all of this work. When I first met that person, I was like, I need my time off. And uh, we were only seeing each other like every other weekend. And for me, that was like, no, that's perfect. And it was like a very open relationship. And I didn't know at the time that I have a Taurus moon and I have all this Capricorn and my Venus is in Capricorn. And I really need that stability. I need that comfort and that security of having somebody 
being there, committed, but still giving me that space. And so it was really confusing not knowing that at first and just really identifying with my ego, with my personality, with my Aquarius was just like, okay, I just kind of want to do this easy breezy, non-attachment type of thing. And, but I was suffering. I was in, I was like, ah, I really want you, but I don't want you. What's happening? And astrology really helped me sort that out. And so that was, that was number one. That was like learning about myself, learning about what my, what I valued and what I wanted in my relationships. And then once that happened, it was being able to communicate that, you know, I think that that's, that's the second part of Venus showing up in, in Libra, in an air sign. It's the communication. It's the art of relating, of being honest a lot of the times. And, and that was true in all of my relationships, you know, with my family, with my mother, with my father, with my friends and being able to uh, just, just be super honest with what I wanted and wherever I was in misalignment with who I, who I am at my core, I had to speak out on that. And so a lot of changes, I had to make a lot of changes in most of my relationships because um, I needed to make sure that I knew at that point that the way that I was handling one relationship was going to have a domino effect in all of my relationships. And so starting with my own relationship with myself too. So that, that was, I would say that those were the first two things that, that started to happen. Yeah, this is, I love this Venus and Capricorn perspective. It's really grounding and medicine for my like Venus and Pisces perspective. And it's like Venus and Pisces conjunct Mercury and Pisces. So it's very flexible in that way. And I feel like um, learning how to be more grounded about like what I actually want and what I'm actually available for, as opposed to shape-shifting um, cause Venus Mercury can shapeshift and Venus and Pisces can also like animate like fantasies and whatnot. Um, that I think that my sensibility, um, in the past was very exploratory and I would have these like, kind of like wild romances that took me on like a journey and essentially my idea of like what I wanted was still being formed. So it was like this experiment of like, wow, this is enchanting. Like, let me do this, you know, and then um, kind of backtracking afterward. And what I've come to realize is like having the, um, the strong sense of values and like what you want, what you're available for, what your boundaries are, like can really um, crystallize and manifest like a real grounded relationship as opposed to like a flight of fancy and whatnot. And I think that also I hear in the way that you talk about it, it's like Venus in Capricorn brings like the heart, um, brings that like connectedness into boundaries. I've been thinking um, that, I think it was my friend Ari Felix who was saying that boundaries are like one of the most vulnerable things in relationship, um, which, kind of like had me turn my head a little bit because I hadn't thought of it that way in the sense of, um, you know, it appears like it is a stern act, like it is, this is the law or whatever, but it does, you know, there's consequence and then there's people having free choice and free will and whatnot. So to be really honest about things like that creates um, 
the possibility of change or loss and it is just honesty. And I think that, um, experientially, like living from that place of honesty is more, it has that like Scorpio quality to me of it is intimate. And that when we create more filters, um, and more kind of illusion or dishonesty that it keeps people at a distance and is therefore like less sensational and less vulnerable. Totally. And it's almost like I kind of reflected on like, okay, what do I want to experience in a relationship? You know, because what I was experiencing in a relationship was before was very painful. And so I used those experiences with my romantic partners, with my father, with my mother, all the important relationships in my life. And then I took that and I was like, okay, I do not want this. I do want this. I do not want this. I do want this. And so it helped me, you know, to see what was it that was important to me in a relationship. And I think that when you're mentioning also like your, your Venus and Pisces and Venus and Pisces, it's like, you're still going to have these enchanting experiences with that person. You know what I mean? Because like, mm -hmm. for me, I have a lot of 12th house too. And like, that's, I, for me, I need to have a spiritual connection and like these, these journeys with my partners. And that was also something that was like very important to me, but it, I needed it to be somebody that was going to, 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 to be a partner, to be working with me one-on-one -on -one and helping us each other grow. And I remember one of the things that I used to do also right around the time when you and I were talking, um, I work a lot with visualization. I have a lot of 12th house. So I want to like this. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yes. And so I would, I would literally like, and I would pray, I would ask creator and I would say, you know, I'm this channel. Like I would see myself as like this anchor of, of like a, of energy. And I would be like, okay, I'm ready to have this second anchor you know, because it's going to be, it's going to like, I'm going to be able to bring in more energy and more, more of these, this, these, this like yum yumness to the earth. If I have like somebody building that with me. And so I would like visualize this other anchor, this other, um, yeah, just like a second one. And it's just like, look, look creator, it's stronger now. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and so I would always just kind of like, see that and and like see what I want to what I want to experience you know with like with my partner at the time and now I'm working on something different which is um I'm actually going to keep that keep that for myself right now but <laughs> <laughs> but um but it is it, it it is it was and it's it's being able to to have that honesty with like this is what I deeply desire and being able to have this, that conversation with now my partner, you know, now my partner is the one that gets to hear, okay, this is what I'm, what I'm working on. This is what I want in my life. And this is what we're working together now. Right. And the, the fact that having to be able to express that and to be able to have that established to me is it is an act of vulnerability and it only comes when you know yourself so well that you allow others to see who you are you know like you you it's like you're putting yourself out there and you're letting people know like this is what's important to me hmm. I really love this anchor meditation and vision 
it really touched me. Um, I think the energetic of it feels so embodied and it feels very um, like dependable and it feels, um, I think sometimes when it comes to like relationships that feel a little bit surfacey or flighty or like you don't necessarily feel that security, um, there's all these kind of wave patterns and like dramas that happen at that level and to picture like orienting to another anchor is just like a different octave to be relating from so I really love that image totally and it's also because you know it's funny because when Lucas my partner and I talk about our coming together we both moved to Miami the same at the same time uh, October, 2017. And we didn't know each other, but it was almost like energetically, we were getting closer and closer to each other until we finally attracted each other and we met. And so energetically, it's so much about you being in alignment with being true to yourself, living that truth. And it's, it's science. You're going to attract that, which you are like, it just, it, it's true. <laughs> And so your vibration, and so little did I know was that while I was working on myself doing all of these practices, he was doing the same thing. He was doing the exact same thing. And so, of course, the vibration just got, you attracted, you know, we like, we just start attracting each other because we're both doing the same thing. So be who you want to have around is, is, is the truest thing ever. <laughs> Yeah. Can you say more about that? Like that kind of mirroring or like we're, we're attracting who we are. Like, I feel like that's really. So, yeah. So, you know, you, you become that which you want. And so even going back to this whole thing of Taurus, you know, um, it's like, you have to be true to your value. You have to be true to what you value. You have to be loyal to that. So, for me, it was like, okay, I, I was living the life that I wanted to have with my partnership, with my partner, you know, like that was, it was, it was already happening. And so when I'm, I'm doing that, he was also doing that because he was also looking for somebody to share that. And it was, it was actually interesting because he drew me, like he has a picture of him drawing his ideal partner, like the partner that he was falling in. <laughs> it's just like me <laughs> of course yeah. he hadn't seen you know like later it's like I'm like oh my goodness and I had written out too like things like what was important for me to experience and, and it had nothing to do with like the physical appearance but it was more of like the experience that I wanted to have um and and so yeah it was just like this this attraction uh and then also what I'm what I see a lot even with this Taurus season it's been this, this thing, this lesson that kept coming up for my clients and just overall theme of people were, were like, I had like somebody working so hard because they wanted to spend more time with their family, but they weren't spending time with their family because they were working so much. But the reason why they were, you know what I mean? Or like you work so hard in order to have that vacation, but then it's like, so it was this whole principle of you doing that already like you care for your family so much spend time with them already and and the you know what I mean and like that's what's gonna make you happy that's like you're giving that value you're being loyal loyal to your value you're going to attract more of that 
Hmm. Yeah. And like, there would be, I imagine a lot of complexity in that because there's something around wanting a certain income and having an idea of how to get it. And like, here's the thing changes when you're already doing that. And you're like, because you are being loyal to that and you're vibrating, like you're going to have more energy. You're going to be more willing to then work or opportunities are going to come because you're already in alignment with that, which with, with who you are, with what you value, right? It's of course, there's a fine line. You're not just going to completely forget about all these other things, but it's like prioritize your, your values and be loyal to them. And you'll see, you're going to, you're going to be happier. You're going to be more receptive. You're going to be, because you're already giving your attention to that. And so now you're not going to work because you have to, you're going to work because it's, you're excited to do it because you're going to get more time with that, which you love. Right. I, I really feel you on that. And like the different ways that this manifests, um, I really feel it with my own kind of like, I'm Taurus moon also. So like when I'm in that space of just like luxuriating and enjoying life, um, it's not always because an external circumstance made it possible. Sometimes the external circumstance can be there, but I still have to be able to feel it. Mm -hmm. And so that shift into enjoyment and appreciation of what is does magnify like it is it is a way to like accelerate the you know abundance in one's life and I think it's interesting just like the this the kind of complexity that constellates in Scorpio around like why you know it can feel hard to access that or even like when it comes to like the heart Leo and how um, living in our heart is like, so, so enjoyable, so desirable. And there's also some pretty strong defenses that the heart can create around itself. Um, and so when I think about receptivity and I think about like attracting what we are, there's so much mystery inside of it to me, or like in my experience where it's like having the, um, you know, parts of my shadow that I don't even see yet. And like, a time where I think it's the other. And then eventually I'm able to see those parts of like, oh, that's that thing within me. And like, I think that that really also brings in, you know, what you were saying about self-love and relationship with self. And I think that one of the deepest like Venusian things is that, is that connection between Taurus and Libra, like the self-love of Taurus and the like relational love of Libra and how they are, um, they are deeply connected. There's like a friction. There's like that in conjunct, like that awkwardness in some sense, but that, um, and even like the aversion astrologically, which means we can't see, right? Like we can't always see how, what is in the mirror in our relationships is something that lives inside of us. Um, that the mirror reflection isn't exact, right? Like different personality types attract each other because they have like hooks or, ways that they like participate in the same story, but they happen to look very different in terms of the characters that they're playing. And so, um, I mean, only to like bring it back to more simplicity, I think this idea of like really deeply knowing oneself and being really intimate with self is 
there's this like convergence point that I feel like whenever I'm like actively in that desire of like partnership, the way that I participate with myself and with life, I start to feel the like the energetic of it and how as I'm drawing closer to knowing myself, the partner is appearing. That's like always how it's played out. So even, yeah, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say that like, I think that that type of self-romance, like even just the process of meeting someone um, has always felt really romantic, like the whole journey, even before meeting them, because there's this like active, like courtship of life and courtship of partnership. And it's you it's, it all kind of, it all comes back to the self. It's so funny. It's so funny because that's why you can't, you don't see, you know, you see the other person and you don't see yourself. Right. But it all just kind of comes back to you. And so this whole time before you meet the person, you're romancing yourself, you're working on yourself, you're getting to know yourself. And then when the person arrives, that's, I think that the, what happens, it's not that we the problem of finding somebody it's also the keeping that relationship how do you sustain that relationship because i think we all want to be in partnerships like everybody wants to kind of to, to have connections in, in some sort of way but how do you sustain it how do you maintain it and it all goes back to you being able to still do the same thing when you're in partnership yeah can you say more about that like i i think it's really interesting because sometimes i um, I think people can collapse as soon as like partnership happens, they just stop with like the expanded way that they were calling it in versus like what it's like to keep that opening and keep that expansion and to keep getting to know new and new layers of the love. Um, yeah. So that's where the in conjunction also comes in because then you're in a relationship and then it becomes really awkward that Taurus part where it's just like, you want to be central for your partner. You want to make them feel good. You want to do all the things for them, but it's like, no, 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 no. Go back to you. And even when in intimacy, you know, when, and I've grown through this in my partnership, we've both ha had to experiences, you know, we've both had to learn how to come back to ourselves versus being so worried or so concerned about the other person, making, making sure that they're okay, making sure that they're feeling good. Um, and it's just like, if you are feeling good and if you're taking care of yourself and if you are feeling sensual because it's you connected to your body, then that's going to grow your magnetism and the other person is going to be enamored. It's either the other person is going to feel that connection with you versus you having all of your eyes and all of your attention on that other person and you're forgetting about yourself. Then there's always going to be this void, this emptiness. And we then project to, on the other person like, oh no, it's them. They're not making me feel good. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. But it's really because you're not providing that for yourself. You know, mm -hmm. so that's why we also, while in the relationship, you can't forget about your relationship with yourself because at the end of the day, you're always going to be with yourself. Like you're always going to be in relationship with yourself, whether you stay with that person for many years or whether that person goes, it's still going to be just you. And so having that moment, having those 
that that time like don't you can't stop living for yourself you you still have to have that connection with yourself those moments of privacy moments alone moments of of you know you being in your own energy and doing things for yourself so we're about to enter like a Venus retrograde season. We're going to have Venus and Leo for a while. I'm curious, Valeria, how you felt about Venus retrogrades in general as a transit, like how you, how you, I was born it. with Venus retrograde. Oh, wow. Okay. I forgot that. <laughs> Venus retrograde. It's right on my ascendant line. And I was, oh my goodness, you know, part of it. I, so I feel very comfortable when Venus retrogrades, it feels very, very comfortable. Like I'm in my own space, in my own energy, because it's a lot of inner work. It's a lot of self-work about finding your own, your values, finding your own style, your own way of showing love, of feeling love, you know, that, that, that retrograde, it's like, it almost feels like this rebellious nature of, I'm going to do relationships. I'm going to find my way of doing relationships. And so for me, it feels like um, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it, it brings me back home to myself. So I, I love them. And, but I think that for everyone in general, Venus retrogrades are, they have so much medicine. It's just so much medicine because it helps us go back to reflect on how do we want to experience love? you know, especially now Venus going retrograding in Leo. Oh, <laughs> I think there's something very special about it. I mean, of course, very, very strong lessons coming through, especially as it squares Uranus and Taurus, which is this authenticity. It's like, forget about what your parents or what your old relationship was like. What do you want now? You know, how can you liberate yourself from these established conditionings of of what was and just start fresh liberate yourself from that and what does your heart want now and allow yourself to live that give yourself permission to to create to it's already here I feel like that's that's the thing it's like sometimes we think we have to like go out there and do all it's like can you tune in into the vibration of it already already here it's already here you are already in relationship with yourself. You are already in love with yourself. You are already deeply satisfied with yourself. Bam. Hmm. Just catching the, the frequency of Venus, not having to like go get it basically. Um, so, okay. It makes a lot of sense that you're Venus retrograde now, like, cause a lot of your, this like intelligence about venus has that like reflective like self-reflective consciousness inside of it um so uh i also like when it comes to venus retrogrades i found them to be like really delightful as a transit um i don't have that experience with like mars retrograde i think mars retrogrades are deeply challenging for me and i like take them very seriously as like um a ceremony and like I work with, you know, I get worked by Mars retrogrades. Um, you know, Mercury retrogrades, we know like they're kind of like reroutes and new ways of thinking about things and some like uh technical difficulties and whatever. Um, 
increasingly, I think I had like a thing for a while where I wanted people to stop dramatizing Mercury retrogrades. So I played them down only to realize that they are still profound. They can be psychological. They can create like new pathways. Um, but the sensationalism around them is bizarre to me. But like when it comes to Venus retrograde, I think of it as like, I've always gotten to know like new parts of my heart inside of Venus retrograde. Um, like they feel like, um, you know, Venus slowing down and intensifying in the sky is actually this like expansion of our knowledge of the Venus archetype. And Venus is a very pleasurable archetype to connect with. Um, so even though some might see like retrogrades as like you know, things like delays or things going backwards or whatever. I, I really experience Venus retrograde as like a, a deep ceremony and education of Venus from Venus herself. And so there's always this like really magical quality to it as a transit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, they always come with lessons. Retrogrades are, are innately hard in a way because it does we have to go inward and sometimes it's just easier for us to live externally but if we are used to living from in from your inner world emanating outward then retrogrades become um a ceremony an experience for you to for me venus retrograde is like a return to love it's like okay let me do an inventory of, of what love means to me right now. And I think that that's important for us to do. And I, and I, that's the reason why the planet's retrograde, because we have to go back and do inventory from time to time to see how we connect with these archetypes and what they mean to us now, you know, as we evolve. Yeah. I loved what you said about the Venus Uranus square that will be part of this transit too, in terms of, um, finding the authenticity in the moment and deconditioning from the other like patternings basically that we're being held inside of um, that don't really need to be, that they're not relevant anymore. Um, and how like awakening that can really be with the Venus Uranus, um, especially if we're game for it. I think it's a little bit more disruptive if we're like trying to maintain something and trying to maintain those patterns. Um, but it's so freeing to like actually just be in the, I think like Uranus has this like radical presence, some, you know, same with Aquarius, like this radical presence potential with the moment, um, as opposed to being inside of like a program or a matrix of thought. And that's where the genius comes in. Yeah. And it's, it's like the, because Uranus comes in to to break down all the things that Saturn has created. So all of the structures and all the things that felt safe, Uranus comes in and it's like, <laughs> because in a way, sometimes those structures and those, those setups and it, they almost, it can feel like they're not helping us grow anymore, you know? So Uranus comes in and says, okay, let's let go, liberate. But sometimes it's a scary thing to do that because we do like safety and we do like predictability and it's comfortable. But also I like to use Uranus and say, this is the moment where you get to go explore and break free from the things that you were already bored. You're already getting tired. They're already feeling a little like you're carrying all this pressure here and you get to redesign that. You get to create something that is more in alignment with with you, with your, you know, not because sometimes these structures 
were passed on by other generations or were created from the past. And now it's like, okay, we get to set up new structures, but we first have to break those down. Hmm. And I'm recalling earlier what you were saying about like your desire for space, the Aquarius versus like the dependability and um, like more of that Taurus, Taurus moon and how astrology helped you like understand and empathize with that part of you. Um, I loved hearing that. And also like, it's interesting because they are square, like Aquarius and Taurus. And so just like figuring out like, how to relate to these um, maybe contrasting desires that we have and to like be creative and innovative inside of that. Um, I'm just curious if there's anything that you found helped you balance that desire for like space and closeness. Yeah, um, just making peace with it. I think that that's the whole thing of, of squares. It's like, you're going to have to make peace that there's these two very different energies within you and, and, and doing them both. There's just no way you can get out of it without giving equal love to both. I, I kind of see them as like my children. Like I just kind of have to like, okay, here you go, nurture one and then nurture the other one. And they both, because if not one starts crying and like, ah, yeah, it drives me nuts. So I have to just be able to be soothing to both of them. And that came with me knowing that that that's a non-negotiable for me so my relationships and in my world it's a non-negotiable my partner my husband knows that my family knows that i'm gonna come in and out from time to time you know like i tell lucas i'm like i, just, I need to be alone <laughs> i need my space um i need to spend time alone you know and at the beginning of a relationship, that was very difficult because he's a, he has a lot of, of Scorpio and he likes that, uh, you know, closeness. And, and so we've had, we had to work through that. We really had to work through. And, and of course, then Scorpio squares my uh, Aquarius, which I naturally have in my chart. I have Pluto squaring my son. So I've had to, you know, it's, it's also something that I've had to learn to work through is, is not detaching completely and having that closeness and having that intimacy and versus getting in my head and not being in my body and be having that connection, emotional connection. So it's, see, I love squares. <laughs> love a good square. <laughs> I love them. I love them because you know what? I love squares because if not, if I would just, you know, just Aquarius or just one sign, then you would just be so about that, that these other angles help us get our heads out of our whatever. And we can, we, we can, we can incorporate a more mature way of relating if we're not just all in my head being Aquarius, completely detached. But like these, the squares invite me to say, okay, come out, be in your body, let's feel let's have this let's let's be here right now and I think that that helps me be a, a much more well-rounded Aquarius <laughs> I like myself better for that <laughs> wow. so I um I'm obsessed with this uh grand fixed cross and thinking about all the fixed signs I think that the way that they interact with each other is so powerful it's like all about creativity and I think like like really living our best. Like there's such a 
grandiosity to the fixed signs and they also have like very stubborn issues um and so when you give them the tension of a square like they really do they get confronted to like work out some like really deep things and they can also like fortify like really brilliant like brilliant creations um because they are so strong I feel like also the fixed energy is like this energy of mastery and it reminds me like for me it's like this this reminder that life is eternal like we're here for a very long time <laughs> or at least <laughs> felt like that to me <laughs> so it's like if I'm gonna be here for this long you know if like if I'm gonna have to be embodied like goodness I better make this a really great experience because because it's yeah. I don't well, I don't have carny and we just like ignore or kind of neglect certain parts of ourselves because it's like whatever but we just end up having to deal with it in the next life it's like okay maybe exactly it's like maybe I, I should tune into mastery instead <laughs> <Really good>. <laughs> <laughs> and so in order to make it really good it's like you, you know that I think that that's what the fixed energy teaches us it's like okay be in your body you know like well let's start with scorpions like accept your desire you know talking about like what do you want you know and that's also kind of like this principle of venus too which then kind of relates to to taurus and it's like okay then be about that if that's what you want go go be about it you know just 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 do, just be yourself because yeah, you want it because it's a part of your it's your soul's calling and if it's your soul's calling it's you it's like that's that's who you are and so you, you, you be about that. And then while you're doing that, you're, it brings you joy. And that's the energy of, of Leo. And then it's like, you're giving that joy to humanity. You're giving that joy to your community. You're in that's Aquarius. And then there you go. Hmm. I love that. <laughs> Is there anything else you feel wants to come through about Venus codes? What wants to come through? No, I think we we covered it. I think especially now as the nodes switch to Aries and Libra and Venus becomes the south node. Venus transferring from being into the in the north node in Taurus and now going into the south node in Libra. I think it's it's important for us to have this relate like now that we know what we want because that was the north node in, in Taurus. It's like, what do you want? Know your values, know what's important to you. And then when you know what that is, now as a south node and the north node being this energy of, of, of Aries, it's okay, what are you gonna do about that? What are you going to, how are you going to also have, having that, that communication, you know, like being able to tell your relationships, the people around you, this is what's important to me and it's okay if some relationships like people are gonna things are gonna change in relationships because you know it's like I remember when I first started doing this my whole all of my friends all of my family also they weren't okay with it there's a lot of changes in all of my relationships but the more that I was loyal to who I knew that I like to this energy, to me, to what I wanted, the more things kind of settled the way that they needed to. And now I have a beautiful relationship with my family, different friends, you know, but I think it's just no matter what, just stay true to yourself and the rest will fall into place. The rest will follow.
Yeah, that is such an Aries North Node message because it is, I think, like leaning into self-assertion and doing what is right for us and allowing that to create harmony with the Libra as opposed to that like stepping outside of ourselves and being externally oriented and making other people happy and then feeling like we've lost ourselves and we're not even like in authentic relationships because we don't know who we are and we're getting more and more lost, you know, like really dialing in the like, what's my desire, my direction and where's my leadership too. Because bringing in our own individuality into relationships is a form of leadership. It's like, so what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, there is no like leadership there. But if you are like, I have this idea or I'm excited about something, like you give space for reality to meet you with like a, like a, yeah, like let's do it, you know, or some negotiation or something like that. But ultimately like you're stepping forth and bringing yourself into the equation. I think when we really like, bring in the the fire of Aries. That's so true. And, you know, I have my North node in the first house. So <laughs> that, so like that, that's, it's very true. It's okay. Not- that contextualizes everything too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just realized that, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I think that that's, it is you being loyal to you to your desires and that's you taking responsibility for what you want and that way you're not projecting into it's like you are taking care of that you're doing that and and the rest will follow you know mm-hmm. well thank <laughs> you so much valeria how can people connect with you work with you find you Yes. Um, so my Instagram is at astroval underscore and my website is www.astrowithval.com and that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, we'll leave those in the notes. Thanks so much for sharing about Venus and helping us all welcome in and prepare this upcoming Venus retrograde cycle. Thank you, Sabrina. It was so lovely getting to connect with you again and sharing this this conversation with you. It was. I always love talking with you. (laughs) 